Hey there, homies. Get ready to dive into the heart of your favorite show with The Way Home Rewind, where Megan and Wendy, your guides on this nostalgic journey as we re-air every recap episode from season one, dissecting the twists and turns of the hit series, The Way Home. With a brand new season on the horizon, join us in reliving the moments that made you laugh, cry, and gasp. Don't miss a beat. Subscribe now and join us for this 10-episode look back of The Way Home Rewind, where the past meets the present and the journey home is just beginning. Your favorite show, your favorite moments, and a whole lot of excitement right here on Girls Gone Hallmark in anticipation of season two dropping January 21st. New recap episodes will follow. Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we are recapping episode two of the brand new original series, The Way Home on the Hallmark Channel. If you want to connect with Wendy and I outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. We are both at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. You can also jump into our Facebook group. I don't know why I just said it like that, but yeah, jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And you can always email us, meganandwendy at gmail.com. We are not going to spend a lot of time doing news and notes on these episodes like we do on our review episodes, but we wanted to touch base a little bit about the viewership of the debut of The Way Home. Yes, Hallmark Media put out a press release that The Way Home earned 2.4 million viewers for its debut. Nice. Let's hear a synopsis for episode two. Episode two, entitled Scar Tissue. Kat is presented with a book deal that asks her to dredge up terrible memories. Dale wants to say goodbye to the past while Alice yearns to return there. Stars Annie McDowell, Kyler Lee, Evan Williams, Sadie LaFlame Snow. This episode opens right where episode one left off and we know that alice is still not home because cat is trying to reach alice via voicemail yeah it's the same it's basically the same scene we got last week right she's it's she's leaving the same message we heard in the episode she's frantic and we cut to these scenes of the house is a complete disaster which is mm-hmm. like, no time has passed how how have they had all this time to make all this mess as if she's been gone for weeks Yes, yes, that's my biggest problem with this episode, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but okay. Yes, it's like she had just, like the house is in such disarray all of a sudden. It's like, why is there a rotisserie chicken on the counter? Like, I, you know what I mean? It just was like, wasn't she was plucked out of like the house right. in the middle of dinner? It was weird. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought so too. And we see that Kat's things are still on the banks of the pond, letting us know that she has not returned. That's right. And then in the next scene, we see Alice and Elliot. They are in the barn. We are in 1999. She wakes up and she's like, Mom? So, and this is all the while while the voicemail is playing. Mm-hmm. So is she dreaming about this or is she just yes. wakes up in connection? Oh, maybe. maybe. Or does she just realize like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I'm still here in 1999. Yeah, she's going to be freaked out. Like, you know, when you 
fall asleep somewhere where you're not supposed to. And then you wake <laughs> up and you're like, oh crap, I got to get home. I got to get That's, out of here. It was I kind of was reminiscent. 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. We cut back to the present day. Kat is driving. She's talking to Brady and she's essentially having a panic attack. She's obviously, it appears to me anyway, dredging up memories of Jacob, Jacob going missing. And now Alice is missing. Obviously, Things with Jacob going missing did not end well. So she's jumping to a lot of conclusions here. And in this scene is the first time that we we hear that Jacob went missing. Because she's like, I can't do this again. So prior to this, we didn't know what happened to Jacob. Yes, we find a lot more about, about Jacob's disappearance, as it were, in this episode. Right. And I don't know if you noticed, but when Kat was driving, she stops and out the driver's side window is the White Cross Memorial that is later visited by Dell and Alice. I did not. Yes. I did watch this twice. So I'm, I'm the first time I watch, I watched for enjoyment and then I go back and I really like scour the, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the scenes. Now, my question here at this point, though, is why is nobody looking in the pond? If you have a body of water on your property, it seems to me that would be the first place that someone would go. If Are you talking about child. Jacob or Alice? Well, Alice at this point, they can't find her. Obviously, no one has been there because they would see her things on the bank of the pond. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're not like looking through the woods for her yet. No. If I had a body of water and a missing child, that's where I would go. Yeah. Well. I will say that in this scene, I do believe Kyler Lee's crying face. But when they they close up on her, there are no tears. Yeah, well. But she's doing a nice job. I am worried along with her. I am definitely worried along with her. And later on, like, she puts me on an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Kyler mm-hmm. Lee as Kat. She's so angry all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. I'm hoping there's resolution to that. The next day we see Dell is standing at a body of water. It's not the pond. It doesn't look like the pond that we are used to seeing. No, and she's like talking a cliff over an ocean. Right. And she's on the phone to like a sheriff or something. And she has pained expression. And for me, this is the first time I see Dell show any kind of like emotion or expression or emoting any feeling other than kind of gruff Dale, you know? A hundred percent agree. And in the previous scene, right before it cut to this scene, Brady said, how's Dell? And Kat says, you know, she's convinced everything's going to be just fine, but we kind of get this peek behind the curtain when we get to this scene that she might be putting on a brave face to Kat, but is in fact pretty worried about this to the point that she's called the police chief because she does say, thanks, chief. Yes, exactly. Cut back to 1999. We have young Elliot and Alice walking through the woods. Alice isn't quite sure to get back. At this point, I was wondering why she didn't just jump into the pond the night before. If the pond got you here, it would stand to reason that the pond is going to get you back home. But now they've waited an entire night to figure this out. I don't know. Are you 15? Are you going to jump into like a dark pond hoping that you get transported back to the present day? Oh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know. The pond got you there. Jump back in the pond. Yeah. Hot tub time machine, man. This is the comedic highlight of this episode for me because Alice is trying to convince Elliot that she is from the future and that he will help her and they will know each other in the future. And she just has to get him on board now. And he says, fine. Why don't you tell me something about the future? 
And his next line is, there's no way that guy becomes president. Yeah, that was funny, right? Yeah, well done. I was like, hmm, I like you writers. That was really funny. (laughs) And then basically right after that, he asks Alice, like, basically if he is her dad in the future. And Alice is mortified. (laughs) She's like, no, dude, you're my science teacher. Yeah, she's, you know. So up until this point, I didn't really realize that like Elliot and Kat as teenagers had like a thing with each other or like a one-sided crush maybe. I don't know. I think you're right about that second part. I think it's one-sided. And I think later in this episode, we get more hints that it's one-sided. My feeling about this relationship is that to Kat, he was her best friend. And to Elliot, Kat was the one who got away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Alice jumps back into the pond, hoping to return to the present. And Elliot jumps in after her. And he's looking out, where are you at? Where are you? You know, I think this is where he realized, like, hey, this is some portal to the future. Yeah, which must be super freaky. Mm -hmm. And we cut back to adult Elliot overlooking the farm. He sees Alice running home in her borrowed baby doll dress. And (laughs) he's calm about it. It's cool. He's like, well, this is going the way that I imagine it's supposed to. And now he's seeing the beginnings of it from the future. Time right. travel's weird. It's hard to wrap my brain around the timeline of how all yeah. this works. I agree. I agree. Sometimes I just have to like put it aside. Like don't yeah, ask too many questions. It. Yeah, agree. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So here we get the opening tile, The Way Home, but we have no opening music like we had last week. No, I'm kind of disappointed by that. I know. I was hoping for that little, you know, that song to come back. And a cat returns home to a house that still appears empty. And I got to say that like, slightly swinging porch swing it just has like an eerie vibe to it when she's coming back home Mm -hmm. and then we get a flashback to cat and her dad sitting on the porch saying her dad telling him we'll find jacob and that a landry doesn't give up hope a line that will carry some weight later in this episode right 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 so cat heads back inside she sees wet footprints on the floor Alice and Kat are reunited and and Alice truly is like excited to see her mom. Mm -hmm. She's hoping like, just don't ask a million questions. It's okay. I'm back. And Kat is pissed. She, you know, she wants an explanation. She wants to know where her kid was at. And now she basically assumes that Alice was trying to get back home to her dad. Right. But Alex, Alice doesn't have like a real explanation of where she's at. So, so Kat's just smoke is coming out out of her ears, basically. Yeah. So Alice says, I'm so sorry I was trying to get back home. And Kat misinterprets that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, there was a brief moment where Kat was more relieved than angry. And then once that passes and she realizes that Alice is whole in front of her and she loses it, I got to say, I could, I can... I can relate to that. <laughs> sure. Glad you're sure, here. Now, sure. don't ever do that again. Right. Exactly. In the next scene, we see Dell at the table, and, and she's relieved. She's relieved that Alice is home. She can hear Kat and Alice fighting in the background. And you can see, like, the relief on her face. But as soon as Kat walks in, Dell fronts and is like, I told you everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah. I, the acting there is impeccable because you see her take this steadying breath. She's okay. And now she's like, oh, now I got to be tough guy again. Yeah. I'm um, like, is it too soon 
to talk about Emmy nominations for Andy McDowell oh, in this role. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't love that just that. be such a win for Hallmark? That would be so cool, wouldn't it? I love it. In the previous scene, Alice was grounded and she's told she's only going to school and that's it. So we cut to Alice at school. She's going to school even though she was missing all night and the kids are staring because <laughs> not only is she the girl who pulled the fire alarm and apparently is rumored to have been an arsonist, but she's also the girl who ran away now. I mean, good news travels fast in that town. Bad <laughs> news travels fast. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, because I feel like we're only like one day, the next day after she started school the day before. Yes. It's right? been two days and this poor girl is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In good news, though, at school, she does appear to have two friends, Spencer and Zoe. And I am looking forward to the role these two are going to play in her life. That's good. I, 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 I think that's going to round out her character. Like as a 15 year old, you need other peers in her life. So yeah, not just your mom and your grandma. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be interesting how they incorporate them and in, into the story. And, and I think we already, oh, sorry. yeah, here it is. I think we're already seeing a little bit of that because he shows Alice that picture of his, of his mom and her mom as teenagers. Yeah. And you kind of see a softening in Alice's face. She's happy to see this. And I think in the earlier scene when she saw her mom and her mom was yelling, she said, what happened to you? Because she's seen this bright, happy teenager who was her peer Mm -hmm. in the past. And now her mom is angry and scared and tough. Right. Exactly. Cut back to the farm. Del is talking with her friend Rita. They're canning honey, packaging honey from Dell's bees, and Rita's pissed. She's mad that Alice ran away, and she thinks Dell is ignoring her feelings, and I gotta say, Rita, she's gonna have to earn my love. She doesn't take any shit, basically, right? She she t- she tells Dell like, if your kid is gonna mess up all the good work, like, you've done to yourself, like, she's gonna have to answer to me, you know? Yeah, and I wonder, okay, according to Rita, Dell has done some healing. From an yes. outsider's perspective, it feels like Dell's healing is ignoring the past. Now, we come to find out she has taken some concrete steps to provide herself closure, but I think there's a lot of healing that still needs to be done based on certain things at the house, the way Jacob and Colton have been erased from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, doesn't Dell? need to do some healing of her relationship with her daughter because mm-hmm. Kat experienced this too. I don't think they can heal in like two parallel lines. At some point, those two things need to cross. Yeah, I agree. This was a little, this whole scene here with the friend talking about the healing that Dale has already done, it was different than what we saw in episode one. And I feel like, the Dell that we got in episode one was like real toughened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so now we have a Dell who's on her path of healing from, you know, it, the timing is like weird for me. But I think the difference here is that the Dell we saw in episode one, we really only saw her in relationship to Kat and Alice, who she has this wall up to protect herself from the past and those feelings. And this Dell is 
with her friend who has experienced the past 20 years with her and knows more. And I think this is more the real Dell in this mm. moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the end, Rita alludes to something happening this week, and we don't know what it is going to be yet. Right. Last week, I think it was assumed that it was a foregone conclusion that Elliot had sent the letter, but I think this scene cements that it is still a mystery that remains to be solved because Dell accuses Rita of sending the letter. Rita right. insists she doesn't. They bring up the letter multiple times throughout the episode, and no one has claimed ownership for the sending of the letter at this mm-hmm. point. Right. I have some comments on that later on. Okay. Okay. The next scene, we have Kat in her bedroom looking at an old photo of her 1999 Alice. It's that Polaroid that her brother had taken. And her ex calls, and he wants to know, like, what the status of Alice is. And she's like, oh, shit, I forgot to call you. Yeah, what? <laughs> she's home. She's back at school. It's all good. Like, we're all, we're all good here, you know. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, but I think Brady handles this better than I would. Yeah, you but then it makes keep me... me in the loop. If she's missing, I'm over here freaking out. You need to. I'm her I father. I agree, but he's kind of an idiot to me a little bit. So he deserved uh, it. <laughs> I don't want to say he deserved it, but like, I don't. If he's so concerned, he needs to come out there and start looking for Alice himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. Yes, he's still sitting in his office, so he's not that worried about it. Right. Kat does offer to come home because it's not working. And again, I remind you, it's been two days. Change (laughs) takes time. I wrote that too. Quote, it's not working. It's been two days. Right. (laughs) Like, it's going to take a minute. Jeez, Louise, people. And Brady has an idea. He has a proposition. There's a publishing house that wants Kat to write her family story. And I already know Dell is not going to like this information. Right. And this is funny. He says, like, the publisher is looking or likes cold cases, true crime, family saga. And I'm like, cold cases, true crime. What are we getting into here with Jacob? Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, Kat seems to think there's some sort of ulterior motive here. She's not really into Brady helping her out. She says, you're with Rachel. I can find my own book deals. Kat, clearly you cannot take the help where you can get it. It has only been less than 24 hours that she started looking for a book deal, though. This is true. This is true. But I did write, how's that working out for you, Kat? I mean, keep your options open. Exactly. They fade out on the ceiling with the -the glow-in-the-dark stars. The next scene is maybe one of my favorite scenes. Yes. Alice barges into the teacher's lounge. And she says, we need to talk about last night. And Elliot turns around and the expression on his face and the teachers behind him was so awesome. Yeah, that was great comedic timing. And then cut to a commercial break. We come back and he's like, do you know what that looked like? And then says, let's talk, but with this door very wide open. Yeah, that was so funny. It was, I mean, I get that like a teacher student relationship is not funny, but I just thought that it was funny. I, I Yes, knowing that it's all innocent. It is funny. Right. And hot damn in this scene, I gotta say, Elliot, also a wowie zowie. Oh, welcome to the club. What's his, what's his name? His name is Evan Williams. Okay. Welcome to the club, Evan. And they yes. dance around her recent time travel. There's a, do you know what I know that you know? And they mm-hmm. finally realize that she knows. And then she goes, Alice has a realization that the her mom's childhood friend, Alice, is who Alice is named after. And she's like, she named me after me. Yeah, that's funny. 
And this is where my brain twists again. Me too. Same too. Because Elliot continues to tell like, oh, well, memories and it, it was kind of confusing. Like the explanation that he told her on why Kat can't remember Alice. Yeah. He says memories are mercurial. Your brain remembers what it needs to remember. Or Mm -hmm. this is just a convenient way to explain away time travel and the fact that she is visiting her own mother. And during this whole conversation, he says to her, time travel only works for you, but he doesn't know why. So is this a clue that Dell is not the the woman in the opening scene of last week's? Remember where there were some theories that maybe Dell uh. was the time traveler too? But I, I think it had to have been Alice in that opening scene back in 18-whatever. I originally speculated that it was Alice. yes. Further thinking, I thought it could be Dell. One of these women is potentially the White Witch. But we also know that when he says time travel only works for you, we know that he hasn't tested it with everybody, but he knows that it doesn't work for him. True. So it's possible that Dell time traveled and just hasn't shared this information with Mr. Augustine. That's true. I don't don't think we know everything, but we do know that time while she's gone and time... When she is away, they move at the same pace. So if she's gone for eight hours, she is gone for eight hours. So she needs to be smart about when she time travels. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where she, she I'm in the library for the next six hours. I'll see you later. Like, how is she going to explain away her where she's at in present day? Right. And she's is she only going to time travel at night when she should be sleeping? This is going to be complicated and then she tells Elliot that she met Jacob and you can see in Elliot's face that this affects him this is this is more than just traveling back to meet your mother to understand her who as she is as a human which I think is a really compelling story this is you have an uncle who didn't live past age nine and you have a grandfather and nobody talks about what happened to Jacob and nobody talks about what happened to Colton and there's a lot of grief wrapped up in those two so Kind of getting into the thick of it. Cut back to Kat going through the Jacob box. And she finds a notebook with what is their superhero logo, essentially. Right. I mean, basically, she's just having these memories of Jacob and their life together. But Del walks in and Del doesn't want anything to do with it. And she tells Kat again. She's basically kind of accusatory to Kat, I believe. Which makes me wonder, like... At this point, I'm like, did Kat have something to do with him going missing? Or, like, what is the anger with Kat well, and Del? Well, we do know something a little bit more about that a little bit later in this episode. Right. But, you know, Del just wants to spin it right back on Kat. She wants to talk about Kat. She does not want to talk about Jacob. She doesn't think Kat is meeting her halfway. Again, it has been two days. She doesn't have her life back together. She doesn't have a job. Give her a minute. Everybody needs to just chill. Mm-hmm. But Del says, if you're going to be here, might as well make yourself useful. And then Del feeds her to the wolves. Okay. So, yes, we see Kat goes to the point, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she walks in and she sees Monica, who is her school rival, basically. Mm -hmm. No love lost there. Are are we to believe that Monica, the school rival at the point, is the mom of Spencer at school, Alice's friend? So I don't think this is fully made clear in the episode. However, on IMDb, their characters' last names are both Hill. So I believe the answer to that question is yes. Monica is friend Spencer's mother. Okay. I have a question, though. They were friends at one point. Right. They were friends at one point. Now, 
in that conversation with Kat, she says that she married like some dude they used to make fun of, right? Do you remember mm-hmm. that guy's name? Trevor Hill. Okay. And Kat calls him Spilsky, and she's making fun of him, only to find out yeah. in the probably most overused comedic trope of all time, the guy she's making fun of is yeah. Monica's husband. Yeah. I married yeah. him. Okay. All right. So Monica's super bitchy. <laughs> and basically, it looks like Dell had set up this interview, and Kat had walked into it and did not realize that she was interviewing for a job at the point. And once she does realize that, she's like, oh, no, I don't need a job. I got a book deal. <laughs> she's obviously lying about because she didn't want to take that from her ex. So, uh-huh. you know, she just wants to get this chick off her jock. <laughs> Basically says, yes. oh, I have a book deal. Yeah, get away. It struck me because Monica makes a snide remark about Kat being in a rush to get out of Port Haven. And it feels like, as is often the case, those who are left behind in a small town maybe feel like, those who left felt like they weren't good enough for them. And I think Monica is getting a little bit revenge because now Kat's back and the big city did not work out so well for her. Yeah, but this is what's so funny is like, if you came across somebody that you were high school friends with, would you be like a super bitch to them and be like, oh, I guess your life didn't work out? No, you're like an adult now. You would be empathetic and like, oh, well, it's nice that you're back. And like, I hope everything's working out for you. Great. Bye. You know? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Put it behind us. So the next scene we have, we're at dinner at the dinner table at the Landry house. And and to me, Dell is a bit softer to Alice. Hmm. Kat is angry. And I wrote, she's so angry. If you guys watch Bravo, and I'm sure you've seen this scene where Lisa Renna is okay. yelling. I'm so angry. You're so angry. <laughs> this is this is what I hear in my head when I'm watching <laughs> Kat. I'm like, why is she so angry? The woman is pissed off at everything. Every scenario that's happening. Like, she's so unhappy. Well, Del thinks Kat is being too hard on Alice, grounding her. I am sorry. The girl ran away. Kat does not know that she time traveled. She just thinks she ran away. So she's pissed and she's grounded. That's reasonable to me. Could you support me a little bit here, mom? Instead of being like, come on, kids need to get out and do things. Right, right. So at the table, Kat tells the family about the potential book deal she has to write her family story about Jacob and Adele not so happy about it. Not happy about it at all. And this is the point Alice wants to know what happened to Jacob. And Kat says, it's not the right time. And Alice shoots back, but it's the right time to write a tell-all. Like you can tell the world, but you can't tell me. Yeah, this is so weird to me because like, I feel if I grew up and had a younger sibling who died tragically or went missing, I think my teenage child would probably know about it. Like, I feel like I wouldn't want to keep a secret like that for so long. No, and she knows he's gone. So the point at which she's asking about it is the point you say, yeah, this is the hard conversation we need to have. Mm-hmm. Not, ooh, shh, it's a secret. So Alice, you know, she's fed up with Dell and Kat, like, not getting along and she criticized them and she says what happened to you two because you know obviously alice has seen cat and dell in 1999 and saw that they got along and it was a happy family and she's now asking like what happened between you two and dell says mm-hmm. that's a damn good question and cat responds well i think we know why we don't get along and Dell then fires back, but we don't want the world to know, so don't write that book, which is weird. Like it is weird. What is all that about? Also, I feel like Dell's not taking any ownership for her part in this because 
We don't know yet. Yet. Exactly why Dell is angry at Kat, although I have my suspicions mm-hmm. later in this episode. But Dell was the parent in the situation, and Kat was also a child in that situation. Yeah, so very fair. At some point, Dell needs to take some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We cut to Elliot and Kat having a glass of wine in the barn, and there's a little moment that Elliot wants to mean something, and Kat is just trying to. Find some comfort in her old friend. She rests her head on his shoulder, and Elliot's face is clearly like, oh. But she tells Elliot she found a photo of her friend Alice, and she says she now seems more like an energy than a person to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, of course, her brain's not going to allow her to remember that this person is exactly like her own daughter. Right. Right. She also says during this conversation, she's like, Alice was there all summer and into the fall. Mm. And so it gives us a little bit of like time frame that we're working with before Jacob goes missing. Yes. You know, good point. Mm-hmm. The next scene we see Alice Googling Jacob Landry, but we do not get the results of that Google search. You know, that internet doesn't work at their house. <laughs> it does not. And that works in Dell's favor, I think. And Alice gets a phone call and she's still mad. She's still mad that he hasn't asked her to come home, and he says she's welcome anytime. And this is kind of confusing to me because what is the custody arrangement here? Like, she's just going to take off. We haven't set up a plan for when she's going to come home and visit. Alice doesn't seem to want to be in the same house as girlfriend Rachel, and she rushes him off the phone. It, it makes me wonder about Rachel. Like, Rachel is mentioned so much. I hope, like, Rachel was a friend of Kat or something. I mean, I mean that's obviously a terrible storyline for Kat, but... She's oh. she's just mentioned so often for a character we've never seen or know anything about. Well, I will tell you, there is no character named Rachel listed on the IMDb page for this show. And there are characters who we have not met yet on this okay. IMDb page. So right. leads me to believe we may not ever meet her. All right. Well, Alice takes off. She runs back down to the pond, jumps in, and nothing happens. And I wrote, could you please wait until your mother is asleep this time? Learn from your mistakes. <laughs> I know, because Kat, wouldn't Kat be like, oh, where'd she go again? Yeah. Like, come on. You gotta think ahead. You gotta plan ahead, Alice. And we have Alice knocking on the door of Elliot's pretty stone house to ask him why it didn't work. And we find out the pond works in mysterious ways. So it's not just whenever you want to time travel, the pond has to want it too. So here is my noticed in the 90s. And Megan, I don't know if you if you caught it or not. Okay. Okay, so Elliot and Alice, they're talking, right? And he's he, she's asking him all the questions like, well, tell me why the pond doesn't work. And like, you're supposed to be my guru or something. Give a guy a little time to be the Giles to your Buffy, all right? Oh, nice catch. And Alice goes, the who to my what? And <laughs> Elliot respo- responds, I cry for Gen Z. And this is the best line in the entire show for me because I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan and Giles was like, uh, he was the the know-all. Like that's Mm -hmm. who she went to for all the information, just like Alice is going to Elliot for all the information. I just thought that was so awesome. And that's a great catch because we don't really spend any time in the 90s in this episode, so there's not a lot else to go on. So that is impressive. 
Thank you so much. I, I got to say, I laughed out loud when I heard it. I'm so glad. Well, we cut to the next morning in this episode, and Del hands Alice a box of jars of honey, and I'm like, what's she supposed to do with that? But then we see in the next scene, they're in a farmer's market. And I got to tell you, Del at the farmer's market is not the picture I had of this woman who so far has been angry and crabby. Mm-hmm. Totally different person, right? Totally different person. We see her friend Rita sells beachy tchotchkes, wooden beach signs like beach this way and sandy toes, full heart. All you need to know is wooden beach signs. And I think everybody can conjure up in their mind what she sells. And honestly, it's the perfect characterization for her in my, my mind, like who she is. I love it. We also meet Byron at this point and Del's quite flirty with him and Alice recognizes it. Mm-hmm. Byron is the local newspaper archive guy. Yeah. And that's all we have about Byron so far. So far. Yeah, I said Byron's a little bit of a silver fox and we get mm-hmm. a flashback. We see Dell kind of touching her hair and Alice has a flashback of Dell in that moment doing the same thing at the dinner table looking at Colton. So in case we weren't totally clear that this man might be a potential love interest of Dell's, now we know. Right. We also find out something a little bit about the community here. Rita teases Byron that he's a newcomer and he's like, I've lived here for six years. So this is a community that is rooted in its roots. Mm -hmm. You're still a newbie, even though you've lived there almost a decade. Yes. Right, right, right. We have Kat going into Alice's bedroom. Del has left her a note, but you know, Kat's kind of having a moment. She opens up the Alice in Wonderland book. There's a a line that's a little reminiscent of time travel in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I Kat just seems a little bit lost. Like, what am I supposed to do with this kid? She sees the note from Dell, and now she's off to the races and pissed again. Okay, so let me stop you there. Mm-hmm. The note. I don't know if you noticed, but it is on the same paper and has the same handwriting as the letter that Kat received. Well, Dell says she wrote the letter. Later on, we get that. She just didn't send it. Okay, well, this is like a continuity issue for me. Like, that does not look like something a 15-year-old would have written. No, I thought the note was signed from Dell. I know. I think it was from Alice. Oh, you're right. It's signed Alice. Okay. I take it back. But I feel like the whole the writing and everything looks like the uh, the letter that was sent to Kat. But... Maybe it doesn't. So they needed to have two separate PAs write these letters, is what we're saying here. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. (laughs) Okay. Again, Kat's pissed Mm -hmm. that Alice is in this park because we have flashbacks to Kat and her father handing out flyers looking for Jacob in this very same park. Now, Kat, you came home. Are you going to avoid every place that has a memory of your missing brother for you? I'm not really sure that this farmer's market in broad daylight is a terrible place to take her I know. It's so weird to me because, like, she's pissed about certain things. Del's pissed about certain things. Like, can you two please get into a therapist's office ASAP? Because right, everybody needs to work out. Yeah, like Alice is the most well-adjusted of all of you. Seriously, Um, Rita says they all need closure. Alice asks what happens. Rita won't tell her. Then shut up, Rita. Like, don't (laughs) shh. Stepping in, Rita. Yeah. Nobody needs S-T-F-U. Rita. You. Yeah, agree. <laughs> um, and but, we are still arguing about the origins of the letter here. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in the next scene, Alice takes off and she's 
got she has this bright idea that she's gonna look in the newspaper archive and i'm gonna tell you my 15 year old would not know how to work a microfiche i don't know how alice figures it out to look through all these newspapers totally also like we haven't digitized our 1999 newspaper like they're still on microfiche i don't know is that still how newspapers are archived I don't know, but I agree. My 15-year-old would be like, it's not on Google, doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, like, kind of at the same time, we see Kat shows up at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And she sees Danny, who's a groundskeeper. And I'm like, who's Danny? Like, why are we introducing Danny here? She knows Danny from her past, but we don't know anything about him. We don't find anything out about Danny, but I will tell you, he's played by Pace and Rock, and there is an actor named Baven Hoffman on IMDb who plays young Danny, so we apparently are going to meet Danny in the past as well. Awesome. I thought Danny might be a friend of Jacob's. Oh, interesting. purely speculation. Oh, interesting, because I think... I thought Danny looked like the groundskeeper, but was Danny putting the flowers on the, on the grave? Well, he was certainly having a moment at the grave, it seemed mm-hmm. like. What we find out later in this scene and the age of the actor who plays young Danny, again, all of this leads me to believe we're dealing with a childhood friend of Jacob's. Got it. Got it. Good catch. Mm. Good catch. Yes. In this scene, Kat's talking to her her dad's gravesite, but then like moves the flowers and sees that now her brother's name is on the tombstone with her dad's name and she realizes that her mom has legally declared Jacob dead. Okay. I have a question for you. Yeah. She's pissed. It's been 20 years. Is it reasonable to bring some closure to this moment? I I feel like it is. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I and that's, that's not the healthy move on Dell's part. And it's not saying I've given up hope for my son, but at some point we need to celebrate his life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. We cut back to Alice looking at the microfiche and there's a newspaper article mm-hmm. that says basically that Kat was there with Jacob. He was there one minute and gone the next. Now, I tell you, I paused my TV mm-hmm. and read the entire article. Okay. I took a photo of it as uh-huh. well. Because the first the first newspaper article she's looking at, it's a photo of Jacob and a Ferris wheel. And it says, you know, like local bo- boy goes missing. Please have no leads. And then to the next image she goes to, it's like a full article. Uh-huh. Now, did you read the article? I, just that line that I read to you. No, I didn't. Okay. So it goes on to talk about two twins. Now I'm like, was this just filler in this article? Like for TV purposes mm. to look because I'm like, well, how did these two things go together? I don't understand, but they have a, they also have a, an interview with the police detective who talks about how nobody has gone missing in Port Haven since the sixties. And yeah, it's very interesting. It brings up lots of questions. So I say, if you are looking for a rewatch Pause your big ass TV on this <laughs> scene here and read this article and let's talk about it. Okay. And this is the moment that leads me to believe that all of Dell's anger at Kat is a perhaps placing blame on Kat for Jacob's disappearance. Yes. Whether she's doing it intentionally or not, she's blamed Kat. Yes. And think about the guilt 
that cat has been carrying around mm-hmm. for 20 years about this, you know, and then to have Dell pile it on even more is like, whoa. And That's this is why I think Dell needs to take some responsibility here because, again, Kat was a child. Yes, she was 15 years old. Yes, she was perhaps responsible for Jacob in that moment. We don't know. But, again, she was a child and is carrying the weight of that herself, as you said. And somebody needs to relieve her of this weight and this burden. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot we don't know, but I think we do know that Kat wasn't directly responsible for the disappearance of her brother. Dell then shows up at the newspaper and she says that it's time to go. And Dell is not going to be doing the hair touch for Byron anytime soon. I, I, well, why? I think Byron did her a solid to tell her that she was there, that Alice oh, was there you, looking at the stuff. Is that what you think, that he was the one who told her? Oh, yeah, I think so. Ah, okay. I definitely huh. think so. But again, it's like, what is the big freaking secret? Like, right. let Alice discover what the hell happened. Like, why are we keeping her in the dark? Yeah, she's 15 years old. Jeez. Let, let's please somebody act like an adult here. I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself a little frustrated with that part of the storyline. Well, yeah, it is frustrating. It is silly to think that you're going to bring this girl back home and not have her ask questions and think you can put off her questions for eternity. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. Del and Alice drive home. Alice apologizes. And Del pulls up alongside the previously mentioned white cross mm-hmm. that marks where Colton died in a car accident. We come to find out three months after Jacob disappeared. And here comes another win of a line from Alice for me. Mm-hmm. Del says she lost her whole world in that moment. And Alice says, your whole world except for my mom. Yeah. And again, get your shit together, Del. You have another child. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated, man. That's mm. what this show should have been called. It's complicated. <laughs> so now we have Alice at home. Dell and Kat are arguing about Dell declaring Jacob dead. And Dell says that finally she wrote the letter. Mm-hmm. That was never unclear to me. I always knew she wrote it. She just claimed she didn't send it. Okay, so who sent the freaking letter then? We don't know. It's a mystery. A, another <laughs> another storyline that to me could have been buttoned up by now. Unless well, there's bigger there's ramifications. Be some right, exactly. Exactly. But 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 am I to believe that she wrote the letter because there was an an upcoming memorial for Jacob and she wanted Kat to be there? She says, This is why I wrote the letter to you. So yes, I believe that is what we are to believe in that moment. And that's when she tells Kat that there is a memorial for Jacob tomorrow. And Kat's pissed about the memorial. Because, because she, come on, celebrate your brother's life. I know. There's just so many like weird things here. Because at some point, Dallas very much like does not want to open the book to talking about Jacob, but I want to have a memorial for him, mm-hmm. which is counter... To Intuitive. what? Yeah, it just is. Uh, what's happening? Yeah, Dell's mad that Cat hasn't been there, but Cat says Dell wouldn't let her be there. Look, Dell, you again. Everybody needs therapy here. Why would Cat come home when this is what she would be coming home to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And she begs Cat, leave it alone and let her close the book. Y'all, we need some resolution in this show. Yeah, at least with this part, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Elliot finds Kat in the barn that apparently has killer cell signal, which, okay. And uh, they talk about 
Jacob's memorial and Elliot is the voice of reason here saying, you know, you got your fresh start. Doesn't your mom deserve one? Right. However, so Kat got her fresh start because she bounced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in here we found out that Elliot was once married as well. Well, we knew that in the first episode. Oh. Because Del says, oh, oh that's you're right. both divorced. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he, like, he started back over. He has his fresh start coming back to Port Haven. Is that right? I thought I, that's that's what was mentioned. He said, like, uh, my I had never really left. Yeah. I had one foot in whatever. I was always coming back. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was always coming back because he knew Alice was going to be coming back, right? Indeed. And that's a great point. That's a great point. He knew we had to come back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is where it all gets kind of muddy because we flash back to the first episode where Elliot sees, adult Elliot sees teenage Alice for the first time and he has kind of a reaction. And I wonder if he didn't know, obviously, because it hadn't happened yet, when he was going to meet her for the first time. Mm -hmm. So was he always trying to get back knowing that at some point in the future – he was going to be needed, or did Alice clue him in at some point to when he would be needed? See what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I do. See what like, you're saying. I got to get back because Alice is coming, but I don't know when Alice is coming. Or did he kind of know, okay, well, she's 15, so it's got to be happening soon. Yeah, I, a lot of questions. Know. And we learned that, which we kind of already knew, Kat is mostly upset because she wasn't able to protect Jacob. It was not just about his disappearance, because, but she feels responsible, she tells us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Kat finds Alice in the kitchen. Alice knows about the memorial. And Alice says, I want to stay. Thanks for being willing to leave, Mom. But let's try this for more than 48 hours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, we next see Dell's putting on her wedding ring. She's remembering moments with Jacob. She's obviously pained. She looks very unhappy. Or I mean, not unhappy, but she's grieving, right? Mm-hmm. So we have Alice on the couch the next morning. Cat approaches and it's clear that they're dressed for memorial heading out for that. And Alice has found the Landry family almanac. Cat tells her, you know, that's where our history is recorded. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. It is cool. I don't have anything like that. That's kind of no, neat. Neither do we. And, you know, considering how old it is, it's just sitting there like, on the table. Right. It's like the damn veil. Like, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's like the veil that doesn't crumble. Yeah. Yeah. It's in remarkably good condition for being hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. So we get to Jacob's Memorial. There's just five of them. I was expecting... More townspeople, I guess, or something. Yeah, can we get some background actors? These people have lived here forever. Something. It's Rita and, the- <laughs> and Elliot and the Landers. Yeah. And I a was- blue balloon. And a balloon. And I thought, listener Michelle is losing her damn mind if they're going to put this balloon into the sky, right? <laughs> yeah. The environmental implications of a balloon release are no good. Mm-hmm. But we never really, it did go up, but like we never did see it like fly away like far. So. Hopefully it was just a stunt, you know, <laughs> like they're like, and it's raining because of course. Oh, sorry. And I was like, that's the other thing. Do balloons, will they fly away if it's raining? I don't think so. I think they hover around the ground because the rain is coming down on them. Oh. Right. <laughs> Great question. Great question. I don't know. This whole scene was like really emotional. I thought like Dell talking about her boy and how he was just full of love. And I thought that I was very sad for her. 
I was very sad for her too. And I had another shut up Rita moment. Like this was not her time to speak. What did Rita say? I don't remember. I don't even remember. But the only two people who speak at the memorial are Dell and Rita. It's, oh. it's not your turn, Rita. <laughs> Shh, Rita. That's funny. No, Dell says she wants to remember Jacob in love rather than in fear. But Dell, you cannot remember your son in love if you refuse to talk about him. Right. Right. This episode really had me frustrated at mm-hmm. some things. Very frustrated. Next scene, we have Kat telling Brady she can't do the book deal. It's not the time. It's a sweet moment. They have had a little bit of a breakthrough with Kat and Alice. Alice is having a childhood moment, running around with the dog. Everyone's doing all right. And then Alice goes back to the pond, and Elliot's there, and she wants to go back specifically to see Jacob. She realizes she doesn't have a lot of time, and she needs to see him. Right. So she jumps on in. And this time the pond accepts her and we cut to Kat and Dell in the Driftwood and Shells living room. Driftwood and Shells, the Airbnb. The Airbnb of Port Haven. Dell can't bring herself to put Jacob's death in the almanac. Mm-hmm. And Kat offers to do it for her, dating it October 29th, 1999. Right. Which I assume is the date of his disappearance. Right. And this is the the only scene between Kat and Del where they are tender with each other. Yeah, finally. Yeah, I I hope I hope we're headed towards that way, but I don't know. Yeah, some of the previews seem like we are not headed that way. Yeah, exactly. But we do get a little bit more of a peek into Del's true persona because in her bedroom, she pulls Jacob's teddy bear out from under her pillow. So as frustrated as she is with Kat for revisiting those memories, she's got some of her own. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a heartbreaking scene. And the episode closes with Alice finding young Kat and Jacob. And of course, she's wet again. Did you fall in the pond again? How? how we got to figure something out here. <laughs> how are we going to make yeah, this? That's going to raise too many questions. She uh, gets invited to dinner and scene. Yes, that that was sweet that they're like running through the thing with Jacob and Kat. And the show ends with a song called Fly Away by Distant Cousins. And we do get a preview of next week's and we see Kat seeing Alice jump in and freaking out. So it's kind of figure out what's going on because she's not going to resurface. So who's the homie of the week? I think the homie of the week this week goes to Alice because she calls everyone on their shit. She Mm -hmm. is tired of her mom and Dell. What happened to you? She is angry at Dell when she suggests she lost her whole world when she lost her husband and son while essentially cutting off her relationship with her daughter. They won't give her answers. She's going to find answers. Alice, Alice is my homie of the week. You go, Alice. You go, Alice. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to our episode to recap before you go. We'd love it if you take a quick second and leave this podcast a five-star reading and a review and tell your friends. Tell your friends about the best The Way Home recap out there. We appreciate it. You can always share us on social media. Have a great week. Happy listening. Goodbye. Bye.